Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, friends, I think we've all been uh, shaken again as our country, again in shock and disbelief as we see the news of another school massacre filling our headlines. And of course, there's all the talking on both sides and all that. That's not what I'm here to talk about today. But one of the things that I've been praying about and thinking about, of course, my heart goes out to the, to the victims, the families, the community, all of it. I'm thinking about like the priests in that town. Like, I don't know how you get ready to step into that kind of hurricane of grief. Like, as a priest, you get asked by Jesus to walk with people through some of the darkest valleys. Yes, some of the most beautiful moments as well, but some of the darkest, hardest moments that people face. Like, I've walked with couples through the grief of infertility. Like, couples who would be amazing parents, couples who seem like month after month they're not conceiving, and it seems like everyone else in the world around them is conceiving, and and just effortlessly, right? I've been with couples as they've buried their children, babies miscarried in the first and second trimesters, stillborn babies, lives that were just like suddenly gone before they could have ever been known and celebrated or started, right? I've walked with a mom who, uh, she conceived triplets naturally. It was a total miracle, just crazy odds. She lost the first baby in utero at 16 weeks. She lost the second at 21 weeks. She carried the third uh, to 26 weeks. He was delivered and spent the next couple months in the NICU. Um, That was a long, dark road. I'm happy to say that little Maximilian, he's doing great, but I was there at the funeral when her husband, those babies, their dad, carried this tiny little box with both of their bodies in it. I mean, it's a grief like you can't imagine. I've buried teens and young adults who've killed themselves, who died from drug overdoses, teens who were killed in tragic car accidents on the way to dances. I buried a teen who, a beautiful young girl who was going to come into the church. She was struck and hit by a car just crossing the street. She died in her own dad's arms. I've sat and listened to people unpack their hearts and share their trauma and just their unimaginable pain in their stories, the stories of abuse that have never come to the light of day until that moment, the stories of neglect and tragic events like you just can't imagine. Like, like how is this person possibly like sitting in front of me? How have they survived the sexual abuse, the mental and verbal and emotional abuse? I've walked with heartbroken divorcees, spouses who were blindsided by their spouse's infidelity, blindsided by divorce papers, blindsided as like their whole world implodes around them, their once intact family just obliterated and smashed to smithereens. I've listened to children of divorce share how their parents divorce Like their parents' decision was like a suicide in their own soul. Like a living death that you don't really, really ever fully recover from. I've married people um, 
on the palliative care floor of the Cleveland Clinic. In fact, that was my very first wedding as a priest. Mike and Lauren, supposed to get married in Atlanta. Mike came back for his two-year-to-date cancer screen, found out that the cancer was everywhere, and they gave him weeks to months to live. My first wedding was in a hospital, and then I buried Mike a few months after that. Listen, I share all that, and believe me, there's so much more that I could share, but I share all that to say that I have, I have seen grief, like grief that like no writer, no poet, no artist, no one could, could really capture, grief that chokes the soul, right? Grief that overwhelms. I've seen it, I've been there in it, and like this is why I find Jesus' words so astounding. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will grieve, but your grief will become joy. When I think back on some of those moments, like going into the Mooney household after Kevin was there with his daughter, Kaylee, on the side of the road as she died in his arms, going into their household, seeing Kaylee's mom, seeing Kaylee's brother, being with them in those weeks afterwards. Like, when I think back on some of those moments, it's so hard for me to fathom how that grief could be turned into anything resembling joy. Like, how could that become that? It's just so far beyond me. And I don't think it's just the fact that simply that Jesus simply wipes memories from our minds. I don't think he repaints them with like this happy brush. He, he doesn't put like a Photoshop joy filter on all of our experiences and memories to just make them okay. Like, you know, somehow it's this, that because of what he did, right, we're still in the Easter season, because of what he did, what he endured, what he suffered, Somehow it's possible. Somehow it happens because love, right? Not your love, not my love, not anybody's love that you know, but like love himself, infinite, perfect, glorious and beautiful love, love himself entered into the depths of grief and suffering and abandonment and hopelessness because he drank the cup of suffering to the dregs, because he went all the way down and then he came all the way back up Somehow because of that, our grief, our lowest moments, our worst moments can become the most glorious moments. Somehow they can become joy because it's already happened. It happened in him. This is the power of the cross. This is the power of what we're celebrating, that we're just soaking in the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Like St. John Paul II, so often in his pontificate, when he would preach he would thunder and he would pound his fist and he would say, do not drain the cross of its power. Do not drain the cross of its power. The power to what? To redeem. The power to transform. It has power. So what are we to make of all this today? Like those of you who are in your own seasons of grief or you've, you know, still dealing with things, or people around us, right? The people in Texas, what are we to make of this? Are we just to say, just hold on, get to the finish line, and once you're there, it'll all be worth it? I mean, in one sense, yes, but in another sense, no. 
That's not the only hope that we have to offer. Just hold on one day, it'll be worth it. St. Catherine of Siena, she once put it this way. She said that heaven is all the way to heaven. That for those of us who are living this life, heaven begins now. And the inverse is the opposite. Hell begins now for those walking the road to hell. Heaven begins now if we but let it. Like this whole grief being turned to joy business can begin now. If and only if we allow the man of sorrows, like the man of the cross, the God-man who tasted grief and sorrow to the absolute limit, if we allow him who was raised and ascended to the Father, if we allow him to as St. Faustina said, or as Jesus said to St. Faustina, to snuggle close to his sacred heart. If we allow him to get real close to our broken hearts, heaven begins now. Like, look, I don't know how. I don't know how it happens. I can't explain the physics of how grief gets turned into joy. I can't explain how it happens, but it does happen. Like for every one of those situations I just named, those people, those awful moments, those examples that I just shared, I've been privileged to witness in those people's lives the, like the little crocuses, you know, like at the very beginning of springtime, just the initial sprouts. I've witnessed those little crocuses of hope popping up through the ground, and some of them in full bloom, in others, it's still just barely sprouting. But it's there, and I've seen it. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. Because he alone turns grief into sorrow, grief into joy. He alone turns grief into joy. Amen.